0: Welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. Today, we turn our attention to South Africa, where we're joined by two brilliant minds from Frank. Frank is an investment app that really is trying to change the way that South Africans and people are investing and allowing them to get access to the best cash and equity funds, no minimums, and the smartest and easiest way to invest. We are joined today by Thomas Brennan, who is the CEO and co-founder of Frank, along with Sebastian Patel, who is the COO and another co-founder of Frank. Thank you so much for joining us today, gentlemen. How has the start to Q1 and now we're into Q2. How has that been for you both and for Frank?
1: It's been great. Uh, We started off the year. January was our best month ever um oh, and on a personal net i'm about to become a dad so i think from my perspective all things are looking up
2: yeah i mean jan was our best month for like new customers in a mm-hmm. in a specific month um i think a lot of people had you know new year's resolutions and stuff you know new year new year yeah. kind of thing uh so i started off the year uh, with a bang and then feb um not as good in terms of new customers but it was our best month in terms of like inflows awesome. of money uh, um so like the most sort of deposits uh, in terms of like quantum and um uh, you know um, like number of number of deposits
0: no that's brilliant it's always good to have a solid solid start long may it continue and um Thomas, I know Frank was initially sort of your brainchild. You then brought Seb on board. Take us back a bit. Um, you know, how did you guys meet? What sparked the idea for you to start Frank, and also, of course, to you know join forces with Seb? So
1: Seb and I actually uh, go way back. We studied at UCT together and lived together in Smuts Hall, one of the residences there. Um, and over the years, we've, you know, remained good friends along with a bunch of other guys, which has been great. Mm. Um, my career kind of had a sojourn into academia. I did my doctorate at Oxford and did some research. I was very passionate about kind of biomedical engineering and specifically helping people make better decisions, um, obviously with the aid of technology. And. Um, I returned to South Africa f- after being in the States at MIT for a bit in 2015 and started working at Discovery Health in their R&D lab, uh, surrounded by actuaries. And mm. yeah, I think while I was there, you know, two big things happened. For the first time, I was actually earning a proper salary. So <laughs> I had to deal with a very personal experience of just choosing what to do with my money and how to mm. invest. And then the second was also sort of a, a sort of malaise. You know, people, unfortunately, don't care about their health until it's too late very often. Yeah. Uh, and a, a business model, you know, I've always had a sort of a, a desire to solve problems and, you know, leaning towards starting new companies. But the, so the business model in sort of preventative medicine is also a very tricky one. You know, not a lot of people are willing to pay for it. Yeah. So it was while I was at Discovery, actually, that I just realized, wow, there's just, you know, investing from that, you know, personal experience hand. It was like so confusing, like a, a terrible experience, terrible. And yeah. having been abroad mm-hmm. for like 10 years and being used to being able to, you know, access good investments very easily, you know, through my phone. And that's something that I couldn't do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really the sort of the the, the spark but really, you know, caused me to move over, I suppose, from a, a health space into an investing space. The passion is still very much the same. You know, I think a lot of people don't make good decisions when it comes to money. I definitely mm. would say that my family, you know, should be included <laughs> in that. Um, so, yeah, and again, having the access, uh, the knowledge when it comes to building technology, I just thought, like, you know, this is something we should really look to, to, to solve. And then, you know, obviously having kept in touch with Seb over all of those years, you know, this is, we're now 22 years uh, friends. Um, and obviously Seb's journey, uh, which I think is really important to hear, you know, is very different to mine, having studied actuarial mm-hmm. science. So that's when I realized, like, you know, wow, who knows a lot more than me when it comes to finance, but also who's very different to me uh, in terms of uh, their skills, you know. and um so that was uh, I was very much uh and it was fortuitous timing, but i'll let said tell the story about why that timing was so
2: fortuitous Cool, yeah, thanks Tom. yeah, so as Tom said, I did actuarial science at, at Vasti, but never really went into traditional actuarial uh fields so after university, I joined NetBank in the m and a team, so I was there for for about seven years you know advising uh clients about capital raisings, listings, acquisitions et cetera et cetera. Um, then I joined one of my clients, uh, which was an investment holding company. Um, so I've always been in, in financial services, uh, and sort of in in the latter part of the career in in investments, uh, directly. I then left, um, Brimstone, which is a, which is the second business that I was involved in, um, in, in 20, Mm -hmm. late 2018. Uh, and then, you know, Tom sort of mentioned to me at the beginning of 2019, what he, what he was, what he was doing. And it made a lot of sense. To me, because having always been in financial services, um, I always had people like friends and family asking me mm-hmm. for, for advice, you know, like where they should be putting their, their money. You know, these were generally professional people, smart people. They just, you know, were intimidated by the options mm-hmm. that were out there. They didn't want to, you know, engage a financial advisor. You know, all the problems that we we're really trying to solve, as Frank, they, yeah. they ran into. Um, so having that personal experience of h- helping people, Sort of one on one when Tom said you know this is what I'm doing, you know it re- resonated quite strongly with me because I knew that you know from personal experience it was a problem uh, that existed you know for 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 normal people and you know you know um, that they just couldn't really find an easy way to to start investing, which is you know investing is is really a necessity. Otherwise, uh, you know you're not going to have any any um, extra income yeah. or like, you know, uh, any sort of, um, any amount to, to retire on, you know, the, the stats in South Africa, are yeah. Dismal. Yeah, I think like 6% of people can retire sure. comfortably. And a lot of people just think that the, um, you know, retirement fund or pension or provident fund will, you know, um, mm-hmm. be enough, but yeah, it's not. So yeah, we try and just like help people better with their money.
0: Awesome. And, uh, you know, looking at Frank, you know, what, what's what been the mission? Um, how is sort of Frank tackling the pain points of investing? And would you say that it's an industry disruptor?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think in terms of mission, you know, we really just want to make investing simple and accessible for people. So these were some of the issues that, uh, you know, people have been running into and are still running into when they want to start investing. So the two main problems that we identified and that we are trying to solve um, are the one is like high minimum investment amounts. So many of the platforms that are out there have got high minimums that you know you need to, for example, you need twenty thousand rand or fifty thousand rand or whatever it is you know in order yeah. to open an account and access the investment products that they that they offer. And in a country like SA, you know this you know excludes much of yeah. of our population, so they just can't access those those products. Mm-hmm. So um, Frank offers no minimum investing, so you can start with whatever whatever you want. So that's how we solve that that problem. Um, the other one is that again, a lot of the platforms because they're selling products and creating products, they often you know have got lots of choice, um, and you know these products can be quite complex um, for someone who doesn't really have any investing knowledge or isn't really financially savvy to try and choose what's yeah. best for them. You know, so firstly it's a lot of choice. And secondly, you can't understand um, what these products are, what the differences are, you know, what's suitable for what risk profile or time horizon. So that's why we are at the moment, we only offer two investment funds on on the product. one is the Allen Gray money market fund, which is best for for short-term investing. Uh, So if you've got a time horizon of less than three years, then the app will will push you into that product. Um, If you've got a longer time horizon, then, you know, we'll, try and figure out your risk profile. So we'll ask you a few questions, income, expenses, qualification, uh, savings amount, et cetera, et cetera, along with your time horizon. And then we'll say, okay, you know, based on, on your risk profile, you should be investing X in the Allen Gray Fund and, and Y in the uh, in the Satrix 40, which is our longer-term investment uh, product. So this is why, you know, we are a robo-advisor yeah. as well. So that's the advice that we can offer you um, offer you through the app so that you can, you can make uh, a good decision so you know investing you know there's lots of different and complicated products out there our you know what we're really trying to do is just get people to start uh, and we think that you know the combination of these two mm-hmm. products is really good enough for like 80 90 of the people out there it's only once you've got a lot more cash then you need to start like diversifying out into other asset classes like you know property or offshore etfs or whatever it is crypto etc cetera, yeah. et cetera. but the, the biggest problem is just trying to try and get people to start Are you interested in small businesses? My name is David C. Barnett and I've been podcasting and producing YouTube videos about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses for almost 10 years. I'm a former business broker and have owned and operated several businesses and I've been advising business owners since the 1990s. Each week I create a new podcast which answers one of your questions and I've always got amazing, exciting guests. You can find me on YouTube by going to smallbusinessanddealmakingpodcast.com or just search David Barnett's small business in any podcasting app to find me. I look forward to seeing you around.
0: And in terms of you guys kind of, uh, you know, being a little bit of an industry disruptor in terms of the way traditional, you know, investment, you know, firms have operated, I mean you know, like you say, you're making it more accessible um, and I would imagine it's not, I mean, if anything, it's just opening up to a wider audience that can now afford to invest, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to know that a lot of investing is sort of, you know, (laughs) relies on information asymmetry, you know, and you have financial advisors who help people bridge that gap. It was, I suppose, very much my experience coming in as an outsider, you know, from an engineering background, Realizing that it doesn't have to be that complicated, and actually, there are a bunch of people, including Warren Buffett, you know, who's argued that for the vast majority of people, so like 85% of the population, a simple combination of low-cost cash and equity, kind of appropriately balanced, you know, for your mm-hmm. target ambitions and your goals, is really more yeah. than enough. Um, and so that was really sort of a penny drop moment. And in that sense, I suppose it's disruptive because. It's trying to broaden access through simplicity. Um, mm. And obviously, by removing some of the barriers that Seb just mentioned, You know, the, the minimums and the access difficulties and the, you know, the paper process, et cetera. So you know, a lot of people think about innovation and disruption being like the advancement of technology. And it's quite difficult to uh, acknowledge that actually we, we're trying to disrupt, but through simplicity. Uh, And that's really where we want our sort of secret source source lies is in making the journey accessible to anybody, regardless of where they're coming from in terms of their financial literacy and education.
2: Yeah, the other thing that we are slightly different to uh, other investment platforms, not all of them, but many of them, is that many of them are product creators and then they sell their product, right? So banks are selling their own product, Uh, fund managers often are selling their own product we are not product creators or product owners i mean we just want to connect people uh, to pre existing low cost quality products but like tom said focus on the journey as, and and the simplicity and the and the accessibility whereas a lot of the other investment platforms or fund managers because they've got so much on their plate they they effectively don't really focus enough on the customer journey uh, and the simplicity uh, given that we have got you know this um, to to worry about in in terms of like not having to create products and you know plugging into pre-existing products we can really focus on on that usp which is the simplicity.
0: and um, obviously you both kind of came from big businesses um into the sort of smaller agile startup space what have been some of the key advantages as well as some of the disadvantages for both of you um particularly obviously in the sort of investment space now
1: yeah let me start off with that you know i think Part of my professional experience was also working at Google as a product manager, uh, mm. which I really enjoyed. Um, you know, the way in which Google approaches uh, product development is really set the gold standard in across the world. Uh, it's obviously a tech first, you know, you, you hiring good engineers, mm. you making sure that the problems are solved, you're ensuring that there's ownership within the teams. So, you know, my, Large company experience, which is really my only large company experience working at Discovery, which is you know arguably a very innovative company, yeah. is still struggling, I think with the challenges of trying to be a tech first organization you know mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of culture you know we don't really have big tech companies in South Africa, and so you've got this legacy of engineers and you know computer scientists being kind of perceived to be the i t guys. Who are just getting Stop these it. impossible hospital passes? You know, tasks thrown over the wall with impossible deadlines. You know, and you know their jobs at risk if they don't uh, complete on time. And, and that's a really yeah. difficult and dangerous way to try and build good quality uh, experiences and good quality technology that's scalable and adaptable and versatile, etc. So in one sense, it's been great to be able to kind of almost create a small company, but in that vision of trying to have it be sort of tech first. Um, And obviously now there are so many tools and uh, models and frameworks, you know, agile software development and, you know, that we can learn from. And we were lucky enough to get into the Google kind of launchpad startup accelerator, uh, which was a great way to kind of like just uh, have a litmus test for our processes. And largely we came back, you know, kind of with a very positive, positive feedback, which is great, but it's a constant process of optimization and and improvement. Mm. So in that sense, I'd say it's been a a huge positive. Um, But Seb, I'm sure, uh, being close to the operations also knows (laughs) that there are a lot of um, uh, detractors. Seb, I don't know if you want to comment.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, like moving from like bigger businesses uh, to to a startup, I mean, in itself wasn't that much of of a challenge, I think. At Nedbank, even though Nedbank is a big business, like you're still in in a smaller division, in, you know, and you work in, in smaller teams. And Broomstone is also, I mean, it's a listed company, uh, but you know, it's a you, you work in, in in a small team focusing on on transactions and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I don't think it was a huge challenge moving from from those businesses to to a startup. I think that the challenge is mainly learning lots of new mm-hmm. uh, things. You know, uh, having like previously being in in investments where you funding businesses that then need to perform now effectively it's, you know, it's flipped. You are the business that needs to perform and you need to learn different um, skills and, and, you know, understand things like marketing (laughs) that you never had to touch, you know, uh, previously and which is, you know, arguably one of the, Main things a startup needs to focus on is you know sales and and, and customer acquisition. So those things were very foreign uh, to okay. me, but you know uh, something some things that you just need to to get right in order to become uh, successful. I mean, we are you know probably five percent into that into that journey now because there's still lots and lots that we need to do, but I think we've done uh, quite well uh, in the few years that we that we've been going. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the the big company versus small company. It was just the the new skills and, and new mm. things that you, that I had to like uh, get comfortable with, uh, and also like the tech side of things. Again, tech was something that I never mm. had to uh, worry about. You know, just like switch on your computer, yeah. open like, your phone. Uh, make sure you, you know how to deal with Excel and email and that kind of stuff. Like all these other tools that we use now, um, never had to really. I understand. I don't, I mean, I, you know, four, three or four years ago, I didn't know what an API was. <laughs> We're still so learning. It's core it's, uh, yeah. to how we work. Yeah.
0: And, um, you know, talking about the marketing side, um, and I know you also mentioned driving financial literacy. I mean, how are you, how are Frank sort of driving this, um, you know, within the market and really just trying to, ins- you know, solve the investment penetration issue, which obviously so low it's still. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, financial
2: education and financial literacy we know is a, is a, is a challenge in SA and, and across the continent. So although we are selling a, an investment product, sort of like one of the things, you know, in terms of our mission and, and vision is really to help people become a lot better, better with their money so that they can, you know, uh, grow their wealth and, and you know, break the debt cycle, um, and sort of, you know, not be dependent on, on anyone else. So, we we do put a lot of focus in our financial education content and that we do that, you know, through a few different uh, channels. Uh, we have a a blog that we, we write um, fresh content every week. So it's released once a week, goes out to our customers, also gets posted onto, onto our website. And that you know, can be like educational content. It can be current affairs. Uh, so the recent one we did was just like explaining the difference between uh, capital appreciation and, and and sort of investment income. Uh, you know, we, we do other educational pieces like explaining what shares are, what ETFs are, how money market funds work. Um, you know, how retirement, what like what the retirement products uh, are out there and how they work, like tax-free savings accounts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's like the educational piece. Um, then, like current affairs, sometimes like after a budget meeting, you know, we'll explain. Or, you know what the finance minister was was on about yeah. you know last year when there was that whole like gamestop short squeeze uh event you know through uh, with those traders on reddit and stuff we explained mm-hmm. like exactly what was what was going on so it's like yeah. a variety of of interesting uh content helping people like budget and you know how to like cut costs and you know make take advantage of black friday specials you know yeah. etc et <laughs>
0: um
2: and then we also have like a more structured learning uh, well, more structured learning content on, on our websites uh, through our academy. And there, it's sort of like, you know, investing one-on-one saving one-on-one where you can learn, uh, you know, how, how credit works, how interest works, you know, uh, how to budget. Um, and so that, that's like almost like lessons, you know, so you can go through from, from one um, to, to, to the last one and, and hopefully upskill, upskill yourself. Um, and then the last channel channels all, is like through all our social media. So, yeah. you know, through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, some through LinkedIn, you know, uh, TikTok as well, but that's more <laughs> sort of fun stuff. Um, where we, yeah, again, we just try to, you know, post tidbits that, uh, people can, can read, understand, uh, and hopefully, you know, the ultimate results is that they can, you know, be, be a bit better, better with their money.
0: And um, yeah, looking, uh, sort of casting our attention to some some of the trends that are happening at the moment in the fintech space. I mean, what are you guys kind of keeping your eyes on? What do you feel will sort of shape the investment landscape over the next few years? And what is kind of getting you excited?
1: Yeah, it's a, I mean, there's so much happening at the moment in fintech, um, both kind of locally, you know, regionally across Africa and internationally. Um, and I think what's Uh, amazing about it is obviously it's there's a broad spectrum of what's happening and a lot of it has to do is obviously the state or the maturity of the underlying kind of ecosystem so you know regionally you still see you know there's a lot of friction in payments so there's still a lot of guys are trying to figure that out South Africa I think is obviously you know more uh, developed and advanced when it comes to kind of financial services and institutions uh, compared to regionally and, and further up the continent. So, you know, you see insure tech taking place, um, you know, like ourselves and easy equities really pioneering kind of wealth tech. Mm. Um, obviously, as a technologist, I really think that blockchain uh, and the associated technologies are really gonna have a huge impact. It's just unclear at the moment, yeah. largely because kind of the regulators haven't really been able to wrap their head around it. But obviously, when it comes to remittance mm-hmm. payments, you know, lowering access. Um, for 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 payments as well, um, so I think there's a lot happening in the space, and definitely you know from our perspective, we're keeping an, our eye on that. We are you know a regulated entity, so we don't necessarily want a full file of the regulator by kind of you know moving too quickly when it comes into uh, you know adopting uh, kind of crypto. But it's something that we have sort of you know bounced around the idea of having a sort of access to crypto ETF. As a different asset class, mm. you know, that's mm. something that you could just balance yeah. your traditional investments with. And obviously, again, it would be appropriate to what you want to achieve. You know, if you're going to be saving for the mm-hmm. end of the year, like you shouldn't be investing in crypto because there's a a very good chance you could, you know, lose a lot of your money. Whereas if you are mm-hmm. like in for the long term and building wealth for retirement, then sure, having like two, five percent in like a diverse You know, crypto ETF is not a bad idea, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Yeah. I think generally I'm very excited to see technology reduce some of the friction costs, some of the access costs. Payments has always been a pain in South Africa. uh, And we're excited to have partnered with Stitch, you know, a young fintech in Cape Town that's really trying to, you know, force the banks to be a little bit nicer when it comes to having some sort of API, you know, payment infrastructure you know we don't have open banking here which is really yeah. uh, a very sad situation but you know we yeah. the banks yeah. i think are being forced to um kind of adopt technology and enable kind of a broad scale access and i think hopefully you know more to come i really would like to see that more to come
0: Let's talk a bit more about Frank itself. Um, You know, what does the rest, what does this year look like? Um, You know, are you diversifying some of your products? What can users look out for this year? Yeah,
2: so, I mean, Tom mentioned, you know, the crypto uh, angle possibly. Uh, You know, that's something that sort of we have to keep in mind. Um, But in terms of, you know, other products, we, you know, our main USP is really, you know, the simplicity, the, the ease of use. So any other products that we add, you know, needs, we need to like balance that out. Right. So we don't want to like go against what we always try to fight. That's, and that's like complexity. Right. So, you you know, we we don't want to Frank to start offering 20 different products and then the customer is confused and (laughs) like, you know, it's pointless. Right. So we have to balance that out. Um, That being said, you know, we've had demand and think it makes a lot more, a lot of sense to offer like an offshore ETF um, so like an S and P 500, so you got access to, to, you know, uh, the S and P, um, index of, of, of companies, mm. um, that's, you know, we'll, we'll look at that later, later in the year. Um, again, you know, products like retirement annuities, so all our products at the moment are discretionary investment products. Um, having like maybe a simple RA to offer our customers is again, something that we could look at. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, it, it's again, you know, goes to um, the point that I made about really trying to balance um, balance the, the simplicity <laughs> out, but still uh, yeah, you know, offering customers what they want. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of like other products, so at at the moment, our uh, our primary distribution mechanism is you know is is the app. So customers download the app, they invest, uh, and they become a customer of ours. But we've also had uh, lots of interest from other platforms that want to offer their customers a savings product. So we, we've just started, um, you know, with our sort of uh, proof of concept with that with our first partner, uh, a company called BenX, mm. uh, where they, they are using the, the Frank product uh, to offer to their customers. They've got a, a unique a sort of use case. We've got other partners as well that also want to sort of plug into our savings uh, mm. product. So that's what we're calling like our savings as a service uh, API. Um, and it'll, you know, obviously help us get uh, access to, to a lot more customers uh, through through these various uh, platforms. So we're quite excited uh, to to have like recently launched that, and you know, hopefully we can grow that business uh, quite strongly um, during this year. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, just and then other other things on the on the app that we'll try and introduce are not potentially new funds, but other functionality. Uh, for for customers to start, um, you know, investing in, in multiple uh, different goals with different sort of uh, risk profiles. So at the moment, you can you can only invest in, into one goal. So like if it's your emergency fund or retirement or whatever it is. So you know, hopefully soon we'll have the ability for you to invest in, in different goals uh, with again different risk profiles. So your emergency fund would all all be in in the cash fund. Your retirement, uh, you know, uh, pot would be you know, heavily weighted towards equities, maybe a house deposit to somewhere in the middle, you know. Um, so, yeah, quite excited about that. Um, and then also later this year, potentially also have the ability for for uh, customers to invest together towards a specific goal. Like maybe they want to, um, you know, save money towards a friend's wedding gift or a holiday where everyone's going. Uh, you know, normally there's one person collecting the money. The money's not really doing anything in their bank account. So at least here, you can provide visibility, uh, earn some interest. You know, uh, you can see who's who's paid, who hasn't paid. You know, so there's lots of sort of yeah. social dynamics that can, um, you know, make that quite a cool, uh, cool concept. Um, awesome. One one thing, sorry, just on your on your previous question that I forgot to mention about you know financial education and and uh, investment penetration. So yeah, investment penetration, you know, outside of retirement products, in SA is, you know, between five and ten percent. Um, and if you look at you know, uh, countries like Singapore and U S you know, that's closer to 50, 60%. So we've got a long way yeah. to, to go to, to bridge that gap. And I think the, the main thing, why the education is so important is because you can tell people, listen, investing is important. You should be doing it, but if they don't understand why, mm-hmm. then, you know, it's, uh, it's pointless. So that's yeah. why the education piece is so important to say, listen, guys, you know, you've been keeping your money in a bank account or under your mattress or in a tin can or whatever you've been doing, uh, and you know, your money is just like uh going backwards because of inflation, or sometimes you know, bank savings accounts, uh the interest rate is, is very low and they could be charging you monthly fees. So you think you're doing a good thing, but actually you're losing money over time, you know. Um do you know, do something better by putting it into, into your frank account. At least if it's in the money market account, it'll keep up with inflation. At least, you know, if you've got a longer term horizon, you know, invest in, in equities, get exposure to the stock market where you know, history has shown that over the last hundred years or whatever, you know, you you'd you know return between twelve and fifteen percent on average uh, a year. And in SA, where you know we are the the most unequal country when it comes to uh, wealth inequality and income inequality, but you know the the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. And and one of the main one of the big reasons um, that contributes to that is the fact that you know, uh, the rich know how to invest and they're getting, Mm. you know, great returns on their investor capital where the poor, you know, if, you know, obviously a lot of them don't have uh, extra capital to invest. They're just sort of living month to month. But, you know, those that do are just like putting their money, putting their surplus money in their own products. So it's really to educate people to say what you've been doing before is not, is not optimal. This is the, you know, this is what you should be doing and why you should be doing it.
0: Well, thanks so much, Thomas. Thanks so much, Seb, for your time today. It was a pleasure hearing the journey of Frank. We're excited to watch you guys uh, over the coming sort of months and years. And um, once again, congratulations, Thomas, on starting your family. That's also very exciting. Um, And, uh, yeah, just uh, if our listeners want to get hold of you guys, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you?
2: Yeah, I think email is probably easiest. Uh, They can send an email to us at info at frank.com. So info at franc.app. Brilliant.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Catherine. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode, Talking Success, Connecting the Global FinTech Community. Please follow us on LinkedIn under Talent in the Cloud, or if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your FinTech team, or you yourself are looking for an exciting change in your career, please check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.